Welcome back to Walking Our Path Together, a series of audio stories exploring Yukon College's reconciliation journey. This is episode eight, Legacies of Residential School. In this story, we'll look at Yukon College's practical nurse and healthcare assistant programs and how they teach students to best support patients who've been exposed to trauma or intergenerational trauma through residential school. Diamond and Sue Stark are instructors. Kim with the healthcare assistant program and Sue with the practical nurse program. About eight or nine years ago, I think it was that long ago, some students in the healthcare assistant program in their practicum came and asked in class, okay, I have a resident I'm caring for who is an elder and who is a survivor of a residential school. We know that various sources. And what does this mean for how I care for this person? And we were like, hmm, okay, <laughs> we have to, we should really consider that and have that in the curriculum somehow. And it was right around the time, too, that TRC was coming out with the calls to action and expectations of post secondary institutions. So we really examined that as faculty and both in the HCA and the PN program and sort of said, okay, well, what could we be doing so that caregivers, we're, we're educating caregivers, are competent and compassionate in their work? And, they, and we sort of felt that. If we were missing this critical piece of them understanding the individual, because we want our students to give individualized care that's specific to each person, we're missing a huge chunk if we don't understand the history for an individual or survivor or their family with regards to what happened in the Yukon to a lot of First Nations persons and communities. So we sort of thought like this is an imperative. So then we started discussing how we do it. And the first thing we did, I think, is we got together and we uh, devised a one-day uh, residential school workshop, which was for caregivers specifically. In the morning, um, the First Nations Health Initiatives sort of gave a bit of a background, which ended up in later years covering the, about half of the Yukon College grad competencies that came along later. So that was great. But it set up the afternoon where we had a very experienced RN and mental health practitioner who also was a consultant with the TRC. So she was a real gift to us. And she kind of shared stories of survivors and how they made decisions and how their behavior was impacted by that experience and what caregivers need to understand. Just in everyday decisions that those people may make, that that might have been informed by a trauma and how the body is impacted by trauma physically and emotionally and spiritually. So I think it was a real good sort of starting point for the students and the faculty to get some basic understanding on that. So that's how it started. And we had that workshop for about seven or eight years now. It's been a while. And uh, we're now at the point of looking at revising it and moving forward. And I think, you know, in the healthcare field, we're, as educators, we're always thinking about how to bring theory closer to practice. So... We can talk about things in the classroom, but how do we translate that into practice? So in, in the college, we need to bring that into the lab experiences that students have where they're actually practicing things. And then hopefully that will translate out into their clinical settings. So then we thought, okay, in this lab experience, we must have an elder. And we have to have an elder who's a graduate of the program and works as a caregiver currently. So she has all these... Um, 
all these different dimensions she can bring to the learning. And she came and she sort of, um, she kind of helped us on various levels. She helped us prepare the students that we talked a lot about because the lab was about feeding. We chose the skill of feeding. One of our faculty brilliantly came up with the idea of feeding would be a good one because there are trauma triggers related to residential school, but there's also positive triggers like everyone, you know, you, you think of your favorite food that your mother made for you growing up or, and all this really enhances your well-being. So, so she was invaluable, but we also had a second elder that informed the learning. And it was an elder who shared oral tradition with us and stories and allowed us to then record that and give the students as pre-reading. So we wanted the literature we shared with them beforehand. And we did, Sue searched quite a bit online and found a lot of good literature to tell them what cultural safety is and how it applies. But then we also added in this oral tradition, which was very specific to the Yukon and how food is harvested and gathered and how food was used, not just for healing, but for maintaining health and well-being and how the Indian Act and residential schools and other things that occurred totally changed how that traditional knowledge was used and passed down and how it still affects survivors and elders today who may have lost that connection with that, their knowledge because they were taken away from home or weren't sure what they should ask for when they were later in life. So she, uh, for me, I learned so much. And so like listening to her and sharing those stories and the fact she allowed us to share that with students was, I think, a real privilege for us. My name is Leanne Geddes, and I'm from the Wolf Clan. I'm half Taltan, half Clinket, and I belong to the Ta'an Quichin Council. I took the healthcare assistant program this year at the college. I've been very interested in the health field and wanted to pick up the skills from this course to help my community out and be a role model for other um, people that wanted to come into the course. Our instructors said that we were um, going to take a residential school um, workshop. And at first I was a bit nervous about it because um, I've grown up as a residential school survivor. I didn't actually go to the residential school, but I am a survivor of my parents who did. So I know the impacts of it. Some people don't even know what the word means. So um, I knew that I personally was in for a bit of a rough day emotionally, but um, I was really, really encouraged to um, make sure that we went because it is such an important piece of our community. We have residential school survivors today that are doing very well, but on the other hand, some are really struggling. It's really sometimes not their fault that they're struggling. However, bringing the awareness of what the residential schools have done brings a better understanding for me and my classmates so that we can say, I, I get it now. My co-student co said um, they were really impacted on it because they didn't know. And for them to say they didn't know, and for me to say, well, this is what I grew up with, it brings two different focuses together into one. It's a very, very tough subject to talk about. 
However, I'm really encouraged to see that it is on the front lines of our teachings in the health field because sometimes people can't get an understanding of the residential schools until they've had people talk about it and share their experiences with it. We were fortunate to have an elder with us who um, guided us through the discussions and shared his personal story with us, and it really was um, able to bring the message home that some people can get out of it and live a healthy life, and for the people that can't, we'll always be praying for them and that hopefully they'll get through their struggles and um, that our classmates had a different lens of looking at it and that they were that their impact was that they understood a little bit more of what it is. They're not just a person that's struggling. They're a person that's struggling because of what happened to them in the residential school. Another message I took away from that was that they said that um, by the end of the day, we should do some self-care for ourselves. And um, it was very, very important to hear that because... This experience happened to our First Nations people, but it's not something for us to carry. What we need to carry is to learn how to heal with each other and to understand the impacts of it and how we can better our community. It's going to be a few more generations before things change. Um, After this workshop was over, my classmates came up to me for at least a week or two and they apologized to me. And um, it was a very emotional thing for me. And um, for them to say that to me really meant a lot. I'm Marike L. Martinez. I'm originally from Philippines. I already live here for almost 10 years. I completed this course as a HCA, and I'm very happy that we're graduating this coming May 23. First of of all, I'm not originally from here, but I I consider this is my second home because I already here for 10 years. So it's my responsibility to know everything, the history, so that I can share this to my kids. It's very important for me to know what happened in residential schools so that we're aware in our actions when we do this kind of job. So we, the respect is, the, so that for me, it's like, it's very important to know so that when I do this job, the respect is there, you know, I'm more sensitive about my actions, how they approach them how they speak to them. So it's very important for me. I'm so sad when I, it's happened in this country. Every time I, for example, I see First Nation here, my perception to them is changed. My respect is for I respect for them a lot. It's very important because I have two kids here. I need to teach them what happened before. So continuous learning, I think it's very important. What they did in seminar, it's like we need to, you need to know their culture. As a person, you know who are they so that you'll be aware what kind of care you need to give to them. One of my experiences, when I, when I always see 
because I noticed if this is a First Nation resident. So because of I am having this kind of awareness of residential schools, so every time I approach them, your voice would be soft. And your face, you need to show them that you, you dared with care, not like you're there because of your job. No, it's different. For me, it's that different. You need to, you need to feel with them that you're there because you love, you love your work. You love your job. Talk to them nicely. Dignity, like respect them. If they're talking to you, show with them that you're there. Your presence is there. And you, you're going to feel, you're going to feel if your care is excellent because they're going to say thank you. You cannot, you cannot pay that. You cannot pay that in amount of money. Every time they say thank you and their smile means that they feel what care that they receive with you. My name's Eve Parody. I'm a 36-year-old uh, lifelong Yukoner, um, taking the student practical nurse program at the college. I've wanted to be a nurse for, for a long time as I feel like helping people is sort of something I, I enjoy and um, I like to do and, and I feel like it would be a good uh, career path for me. My son also has type 1 diabetes, so I want to become a certified diabetes educator as well. Uh, well, we're still in our, like we're in our third, this is the start of our third semester. Um, so we have about 11 months left of, in the program. We've been here since September. Yeah. I mean, I think the component we talked about where I learned the most was when you're having interactions with people who have been residential school survivors, you know, important things that might trigger people and, and how to, you know, j just to remember that there's a really huge component uh, with First Nations people, residential school survivors in particular. Well, everyone, actually. All First Nations people, there's such a trickle-down effect from residential schools and the effect that has had on, on them and how, as a healthcare provider, I can not <laughs> make it worse. Um, so things to look out for, triggers, um, emotional responses, um, when it's really obvious that someone's not, when they've been triggered and that their their actions and reactions are, are based on that. And, uh, you know, just to be calm and take your time and, and realize that there's a really big things at play. There's a lot of trauma that's been inflicted. So um, just how to pay attention to that. I haven't had to live any of these these experiences that residential school survivors and their and their children and their grandchildren have had. So I don't know anything about it, really, even though I know about it. I don't have any proper perspective on it. So it's, it's really good to, to remember that. And whatever I might think about it doesn't count. So just to, to remember to, to deal with people um, with kindness and compassion and, and really understand that there's big things at play. And uh, it goes a lot. It's a lot bigger than just, you know, me and, and the... The, the patient I might be dealing with. I guess the only thing I would say is I'm glad the UConn College makes that a, a mandated thing um, because there's so many students that aren't from the UConn now um, and don't have at least the, an idea of what happened at residential schools and how recent that history has been and the, the horrible effect it has had on First Nations people.
My name's Jackie McLaren, and um, I've been in the Yukon since 1986, primarily working in the field of mental health counseling and community development. I do contract work for the Northern Institute of Social Justice, um, and that started up about, I think it's about 10 years I've been doing work for them around vicarious trauma, and then it expanded into looking at the impact of trauma on workers and recognizing the, um, the long-lasting impact that not just colonization, but, but my main focus of the clients I worked with was around, uh, they were former residential school survivors, and seeing the need to really be able to provide them with the best service and be able to access them where they were at. The, the trauma program, um, I'm, I'm really proud of because a lot of frontline workers have taken it. And I, I think one of, the, one of the most profound, well, there have been two really profound things. One was quite a while ago, and there was a fellow who was a guard at the jail, and he took the, took the training. And he was crying when we did checkout at the end of the day. And he said, I need to go to work and apologize to some people because I have really misjudged them. And I thought, oh, wow, like, super, you get it. You get it. And the last one that we did with the health class, one of the um, one of the students was was teary, and she said to the the First Nation Initiative staff, "I am so sorry you had to experience that. It it just sounds so wrong." And so when people are getting that, and and reaching out, it doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the bad things that happened. But it validates individuals who really just want to be heard and understood. They know you can't fix it. But it it helps to not feel that they're being judged all the time in, in the negative. And and so I think that's one of the things that the, the college really provides a safe environment for those discussions. And, and again, with the First Nation Initiative staff, it's always put out there. You can ask any question you want. This is, it's okay. This is a safe environment to ask those tough questions. Joanne Henry, I'm the director here at CARES. And CARES is Committee on Abuse in Residential School. My name is Kizeh. My parents are Don and Pat Henry. They're both passed on now. My grandmother is Maud Fox. Uh, I'm a member of the Crow Clan with Tezen Tlingit Council. And we're a safe place for residential school students to go to. Um, if they have referral stuff they wanna, want us to help them with, then we'll help them with that. If they have counseling stuff they want to set up, we'll help them with that. Uh, we're not counselors here. We listen because we've been there. We know what people have gone through, um, both intergenerational and as a residential student. Um, we have a wide range of employees here, so we can kind of cover all the bases. I have uh, myself, I went to residential school. Uh, my parents went to residential school, so I've got the having gone myself and intergenerational. Uh, if they just want to come and sit, people want to come and sit here, then come and sit here. You want to come and watch a movie, come and watch a movie. You want some help with something, 
ask us and we'll do our best to help you. Uh, someone's having a rough day, they may not come in here, they'll phone us, we'll go out and see them. Um, there's support, uh, like when the government or teachers or just a group is doing something in regard to residential school, then we'll go and support them. When I go home at the end of the day sometimes and I'm tired and I'm crying and I've had a rough go and I don't want to be here and, and believe me, I do have those moments. I'm only human. Sometimes my own trauma is just too much and I'm like, that's it, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. And then I'm like, but somebody has to do it. I don't know if what I do makes a difference. Um, I don't know if it changes things. I do wonder if enough people will pick this up. I mean, I'm just one person, right? I'm not, I just know how I work. Um, and I go, is it my responsibility? I want to whisper real quietly, no. <laughs> but on the other hand, I don't want to say someone's got to do it. But you know, the door's been open. The door's been open. I, I do wish more would pick it up. I do. I hope more people hear about it. I hope more people try to start understanding it. Um, this happened here in Canada. It didn't happen overseas. It happened here. We had four residential schools in Whitehorse. We had one in Dawson. We had one at Shingle Point. Those schools existed. They were here. First Nation kids were taken out of their homes in our little tiny communities and put in these schools for whatever reason they thought they should be put in there. We didn't get educated. It's not like we went to residential school and the whole world was at our doorstep. We went to residential school. We were starved. We were beaten. We were sexually abused. We were physically abused. We were mentally abused. And we were spiritually abused. So residential school did nothing good for us. Maybe for the f a few it did but it traumatized us and as a result it traumatized our families and it traumatized their families so there is nothing beautiful about residential school and people need to understand that and they need to understand that you don't just get over it Humbled and grateful to the knowledgeable Yukoners who took their time to be a part of this project and to help tell this story. This audio story was produced by LC Creative, Leanne Chalikoff, for Yukon College. Original music is by Jonah Barr. Find us on iTunes or look for the next episode at ourpath.yukoncollege.yk.ca. And while you're there, you can sign up for notifications when a new story is released. <laughs>